So welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by Ronnie Novak, Johan Halan and Sebastian Fell to discuss how we create high-performance teams. This is a very special podcast actually because this is the first edition of the Evolution German Gaming Podcast. So thank you all for joining me today. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Uh, before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some small introductions. Uh, Ronnie, do you want to kick us off? I, I want to kick off? Yeah, just with a quick introduction. Okay, yeah, I'm Ronnie. Uh, I am from uh, Magnific Games, one of the co-founder, and my responsibility is mainly uh, back-end develop and DevOps. So that's... And a little bit uh, technically in, in Magnific Games. Perfect. Thank you for that one. Uh, Sebastian? Yeah, hi. I'm Sebastian. I'm a creative director at Ubisoft. And, um, well, basically my, my daily work consists of um, managing uh, game design, art, and level design, as well as uh, narration. So that's basically what I do on a daily basis. Trying to keep the orchestra playing. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, last but not least, Joan. Hey, hi. So uh, I'm Joan. I'm actually also like co-founder at Magnific Games, so a colleague of, of Ronnie. And um, I am in charge of programming mostly at, at Magnific Games. And to give a bit of background, I started in the industry as a 3D artist animator. And from there, I moved to tech artists and automation. And from there to programming. So I'm actually like. Uh, I really like everything about automation and getting process like streamlined. But yeah, my daily job currently, it's mostly to take care of, of the, the process of uh, releasing build and getting the, the, the updates for, for the game running. Perfect. Uh, thank you all for that, guys. So now we've got a bit of context for everyone. Let's move on to the topic in focus. So you've all prepared a question or a statement on creating high performance teams. Uh, we're going to go around the room asking everyone to pose your questions and the reason behind it. So everyone's going to have their own opportunity to give the, the take on the situation. So, Johan, uh, let's start with you and your question. Okay, so yeah, I, I think one big question about uh, building a performance team would be first to, to kind of figure out what actually a performance team means. And so for that, how do you measure it? Like, what, what kind of metrics do you use to know if your team is actually performant or not? And, and and basically from there, uh, how do you solve it? Like, can you, are you able to figure out like you are underperforming following what kind of metrics or what kind of parameters? And from there, basically trying to, to find a solution to actually be performant. And so my, my question is like, how do you measure performance in a game development team? And it may actually be different depending on the departments, uh, but overall, how do, you, how do you figure out actually if you are performing or not? Yeah. Also, I would say that uh, at the end, 
it starts all with defining the right goals. Also that's for me clear that if you want to measure something, you need to uh, define goals that that uh, the team is uh, can can see if it's measurable. Yeah, that defines the indicators will prove your progress. Also that's what I would say uh, is the first thing what you need to introduce is to define the right goals for the team. That would be, and you need to define realistic goals. Also that's also important, yeah, what I learned in the past so that uh, if you define goals, yeah, they are not realistic. So that uh, means if the team doesn't know about what that, does this goal mean? Yeah, it's also not helpful to, for measurement. So that's... I totally agree. Um, what I found interesting, um, because I've worked for a very long time in the movies industry, uh, I was doing um, movies and TV series. I started out as a writer, um, so I have a lot of experience from a writing room, and then moved on, founded own company, went into directing and producing, and then joined the, joined the games industry. Uh, very long time ago because I'm old. And um, <laughs> what I found interesting or difficult at the beginning is because I work in art departments. So it's art, game design, level design, narration, and um, contact the all the tech side of game development. And I found that a lot of companies are force programming. Uh, Sebastian, I think your microphone is off there slightly. Still hear me? Yeah, we're picking up a bit of background noise actually. Um, it, it seems there is like kind of a misconnection or something in your, in your mic. Yeah, yeah slightly. But it started, yeah. No, now, it's, now we don't hear you. Yeah. Oh, wow. You should hear me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when did you When did you lose me? For one minute. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so you were talking about programming just before yeah. this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, exactly. So, when I joined the industry, I, I, I was aware that a lot of, you know, software development workflows and the like was forced on the more creative genres like level design, art, game design, narration. And sometimes that didn't work so well. Um, and um, I was own, so, so I was always fighting for, you know, making, measuring these things differently, the progress, because in, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, you're the experts in that, because in programming, you can pretty much, in a positive way, micromanage things, where in art, it gets diffic more difficult. So for me, measuring performance in those departments was a bit different than for programming in text. Really? You, you would say that art is uh, uh, harder to measure as coding? So Yeah, it depends. It depends on the, the, of course, if you model stuff in 3D, it's different than if you sit down with a concept artist. Because this is a very highly creative process. So actually, you could go to a cafe or a restaurant or just go to a mountain and talk about stuff, have a little <laughs> bit of piece of paper and draw stuff, and then say, yeah, that's cool. That's going to the right direction. And then when you actually, you know, when you actually build this thing in 3D, then it's a different story. Mm -hmm. But um, you know what I mean? The same if you talk about story, how do you measure? Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's difficult. I 
I would say the biggest problem, what I has learned in the last 22 years is that there's a difference if you develop, let's say, apps. Yeah? Apps where you have a clear, let's say, a pattern what you want to develop. Or this is really, you can write everything down yeah? and then you develop the app. So it's really much more easier to uh, to calculate and then you can also measure yeah where you can say okay this this feature takes one week this takes one week then you can also easily scale it up but the problem is on the games development you have the problem okay you have, you start with a great idea yeah all in theory so yeah and then you you start with the development and then you develop the code base the first features yeah and then you realize okay something okay that is not fun yeah and then then it starts to be problematic where then you to then you need to change your 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 code or you need so and that is then where it's unpredictable at the end and then if the decisions let's say uh, the game designers or the producers decide okay we change a feature and this this change has such a big impact on the technique it can crush every uh, production plan that's uh, that's the problem on gaming why the gaming is something uh, you, you cannot predict what is the outcome and what what i learned is okay some companies trying that with uh, uh, with uh, uh, with prototyping yeah so develop small prototypes where you try out okay th uh, this feature is fun yeah uh, but uh, that seems for me it works only for small games for big games it's it's not yeah. possible yeah. yeah like okay i can give you a concrete example mm -hmm. like, because I'm, I'm working in triple a games it's if i sit down with a concept artist and we're thinking about let's say i don't know if if we want to create a spaceship and um so we can actually we can of course give ourselves like a time frame say okay three days for a spaceship but if you want to do something really original it might take much longer and for that for these creative processes in game development i'm always advocating to not force existing workflows from other departments onto those because they need um, different management, if you ask, mm. because and then once we settled for a design, we can clearly, you know, um, chunk, create chunks and say, okay, this is going to be one day, two days, three days to do this in 3D. Perfect. But um, so this is just something that might have to do with measuring, measuring um, performance, because I think different departments, you you have to measure differently. The, the progress of of content yeah because uh, so so i, I, I yeah I, I i think i'm like clearly from from a pure creative perspective it's hard to to figure out um let's say estimation because here we kind of talking about performance in terms of estimation and do you reach the estimated time or things like that if we talk about that for performance uh definitely a creative process it's really hard to evaluate as you, as you mentioned, uh, Sebastian, you can set up a deadline and say, well, we'll assume that it will take us two or three days to, to define these creative uh, visuals, whatever concept for a character or for an environment and so on. Um, and of course, for code, when you work on a task or let's say when you enter a production, this is where you mean like, of course, you can definitely know that better, uh, how much time it would take to model such element or such element or texture it or bring into the game and so on. We are so used to do that, that our process that we are better at evaluate in terms of time consuming. For me, the, 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 the question kind of evolved to another problem is like, is, is actually being performant, is, is it 
just about being good at estimation and so fitting to that estimation plan. And so it kind of come close related to, let's say, the agile framework where we tend to be on on a milestone cycle and 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 sprint uh, system where where we we try to fit into an expected period of time one two weeks three weeks whatever um, an amount of work that we expect to be done at that date or is it above that it is like basically how do you get on that cycle and what is the output of your cycle like are you able basically how long can you keep the rhythm of your cycle to produce quality at the end and is the question is like do you fit into estimate in the end or is it more what what is the end result and of course i think you cannot consider some business more let's say key performance metrics there because if we say being performant is to be um economically viable for the game industry well we would agree that most of the team then will never be performant because sadly most of the game on not having like an economical success and even the team that had won they have had a hard time to reproduce it so uh, that that's that's where i'm struggling about like uh, measuring performance and and one thing that i because today as a programmer and also like doing a bit of of devops um i realized like for example in the in the devops uh, industry they have this what they call like this doha metrics that that is actually a team from google like a uh, develop research and assessment team from google that that figure out those, those metrics. Uh, I think it was like some years ago, more than ten years ago now, um, and 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 they go on on mostly about um, on on four elements to measure in that case, which is the deployment uh, frequency of of your game. So let's say you have a live game, or you are in a cycle of an agile development team, and and so it's basically how frequent are you able to to release a new version and update? Yeah, maybe to the player, or maybe even to your internal team. I think it, it would work for both. And another element they measure there, it's how much time do it takes your team to um, to actually get a change from the time you do it to the time it's actually, let's say, deployed. So let's say for a game, let's say it's in the game. So you decide to add this new feature. So from the time you, let's say, take the decision and make the change to the time that it's actually in the game where you can test it and measure, okay, was it the right choice? Yeah, let's say in a, in a game production, we, we could say, the time that you, you are going to iterate on your feature, and um, and and they measure like two other stuff that is a bit more close to the to the code is like the actually the mean time you have for recovery from a failure. So let's say in our case could be a bug, could be a system shutdown, but let's say to a global game uh, we could say a critical bug that come to the game and actually prevent the game to be played to the time you're able to recover from that. So either for your internal team as for your uh, your your customers, let's say, if you have a live game. And the same for what is your failure rate uh, in making change. So basically how much time making change to the game introduce actually bugs or prevent your team actually to work. So of course, it's really focused on DevOps here, um, but you have an impact on, on the world team. Yeah, We all know situation where you work as a team and someone make a commit or change something to your game and suddenly other people aren't able to work because something breaks or for whatever reason, people are not able to test their, their changes. Uh, could be an artist, could be a game designer, could be anyone. They all need to get access to the product all the time to be able to work. And if this doesn't work, and sometimes it could come, of course, from the IT department, yeah, suddenly, uh, whatever, something is preventing us to work. And and 
I find like, of course, in that case, this is this is also what uh, you mentioned, Sebastian, is somehow this is easier to measure because this is data that you got automatically from bug reporting system, from stuff that are already measured. So it's about like basically aggregating those data and looking at them, making change, trying to find, okay, why do we introduce bugs or why does it take time actually to make those change? And by implementing, let's say, a new process, you can on the next month or let's say on the next uh, iteration or next sprint, Evaluate this measure and see sprint after sprint. Are you doing better? Do you introduce less bug in your in your changes because you change your workflow or whatever? So it's it's. I think that's interesting metrics that's apply in general to game industry and to teams. But of course, it doesn't cover all departments uh, because for concept, well, none of those yeah, metrics would work. You know? They are not like concept artists doesn't implement stuff in the game directly. You could estimate okay, what is the time maybe from uh, having an idea for for or a need for a concept to the time it's output, but then you end up with the problem you mentioned is actually, is it having a shorter time, better quality? <laughs> Surely not. So it's, 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 that's exactly where it's really hard there, I think for, for creative to, to be measured that way. I would extend uh, about this. Uh, I would also add this point that I would say the team should, or the company should create a philosophy of uh, implementing or measure the, the, the right to workflows. Yeah. Why? I worked in the past yeah, in companies where they had not really good uh, workflows. And the problem is, as developer, doesn't depend if you're an artist, game designer, or coder, or tester. If if it, a lot of time is is uh, is used for for stupid work, yeah. So that means, uh, uh, and this is also reducing then the fun to work. Why, if you waste all the time every day hours for for let's say stupid uh, uh, functions or uh, so that that's why I, I would say what i realized is that you, you collide all the time with two visions the vision from the producers are okay we start so fast as possible we want fast goals we want fast uh, uh, results yeah so uh, they don't care about uh, uh, what that means. So they, they, they want to, their interest is to get as fast as possible the, the result. So it's clear, yeah. So the, so the problem is if you see it from the other side, yeah, okay, you start with the project, yeah, you see where, where the problems are, then you communicate with the team, yeah, and then you, you, you should get the time to fix that problems yeah so that uh, uh, you solve the steps and at the end over the t over a long time yeah let's say you uh, predicted for let's say one two three years yeah with triple a productions you have much more time than in smaller games yeah that's another topic then uh, you come to a point after two or three years yeah where you have workflow where everyone is happy that should be at the end the goal i would say and then I, you, also I realized that realized then that uh, after that time, if uh, the people also were growing with that workflow, they, in my termination, is that then uh, high efficient. Yeah, where you have less uh, t talks, you have less uh, um, problems where people need to wait on other people to, uh, can you help me here, there, yeah, I need this, I, I have no idea how to do that. I think that's uh, uh, something what, what a lot of companies are having not in mind to build up step by step with the team the right tools yeah to to be high performant and it collides a little bit with the uh, with the producer where the producer sees in the, in the first view as a, a time wasting yeah why why you need to develop here or have one developer that is developing or improving that workflow yeah why he is not investing time in the product he's investing time in the workflow yeah and that's not 
this is not value for for producers or stakeholders. So yeah, that's that's I would say that's for me the first problem. What uh, the company needs to solve yeah is the right to define to invest the right uh, available resources uh, to, uh, for production and workflow. So that's I think one key point. What I learned from the past. Yeah. Yeah. I would maybe add um, if we talk about creating performance, high performance teams, it's um, I made the experience that hyper it's it's not easy to put a team together that is a high performance team per se, but it takes time for these people to learn to work together um, and establish workflows that work for them. And then you have a high performance team. It's it's something that takes time, and that's why 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 I would um, advise every company to take good care of these people. Once you hire people and you bring them together and you see as a producer or as a studio manager, you have a high performance team. You have people who really work well together, do everything you can to keep them together. Don't don't break up this team and or make sure they, these people stay on the team because that's something I would say rare. And it takes time and you have to nurture these teams and the culture within a studio or within a company. And it, it has to be in the DNA of a company, of leadership, like top down to, you know, to propagate these values. Like we want this. We don't want, you know, we want, we don't want these individuals who are pretty good doing, doing their own stuff. Um, so it's you have five five directors you have five bubbles and everyone is is creating a different game um you have to you have to make sure these people are all aligned and they work in the same direction and for the same goal yeah uh, totally, totally agree to yeah, totally yeah. agree yeah, i think it's it's um i also completely agree it takes time you need to to get the people to get used to work together but also as you mentioned on the workflow yeah and definitely and i think um, there, there is one aspect that is also more manageable is maybe on the workflow is everything about tooling and automation because this is concrete problem that you face. You say, oh, okay, now I realize I need all the time to export those assets. I need all the time to input the data there. Every time I do that change, every time I export, I may do a mistake. It creates a bug and, and so on and so on. And this is exactly where you can just look at your current production, your current sprint, whatever. Where did you waste the time on failure, on exporting, on things that could be automated? And this is where, well, then you need to make the decision, maybe with the producer, maybe at a higher level to say, okay, let's invest some time on automating all those tasks because it would it would take time to automate first, but then after that you get a win, uh, a huge win, which is like you get it repeatable, it's it's stable. You can, because it's automated, you can verify that the data that exported are valid or whatever it is, yeah, as data could be assets, could be game design data, balancing and so on. You can add some check for security, preventing issues. Uh, and you remove also like the, 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 the burden on the people that have to do it, to do it. So suddenly it makes much more enjoyable to work because all those tasks that are actually exhausting for people and repeated things, you get rid of them. So you make like a more streamlined production, people are more happy to do it, they waste less time there. And everybody is winning, but of course it takes time to to first to set up. And I would not say I, I don't think the right approach would be to say okay, let's go and see where what we can automate and let's automate it. It's like okay, let's produce the game and during the flow realize hey, here maybe you know it takes maybe 
I don't know, a day to make a tool and actually you will you, you will win, I don't know, five hours per week with that. Yeah. And so after two weeks, we already cover the time that have been spent there. But then you may start to have all the time another issue with this kind of philosophy is like you start to build more and more tools, more and more process that every new employee needs to get in. And the people that have built, built these tools and process, they also need to be able to transfer that knowledge uh, all the time because let's say tomorrow they quit the company and everything is not properly documented. So you start to create basically your own dependencies, your own um, legacy of codes and tools that are may not stand out in the industry, like using just the normal workflow of a game engine or whatever. And you start then to create this issue. And I think that that leads to kind of the risk of trying to be efficient. At some point you fall into these pitfalls of uh, yeah, okay, now I'm efficient, but if I lose one of my key members, I may no longer be efficient because email didn't document everything it did because we also like try to optimize there to stay efficient, but at the same time, then if if it gets out, well, we lose on efficiency or ability to maintain this, effic this efficiency over time. But, yeah, totally agree. Uh, but I would say that is what you should define on the beginning uh, if you found a company, yeah, what is your philosophy? Uh, do you want to go this uh, high risk, yeah, let's say, yeah, to employ certain people they are really, uh, let's say, they're developing this crucial stuff, yeah, and uh, they are key people. So that means uh, if they're leaving, yeah, then you have a big problem. Yeah, so or you say, okay, uh, you don't want this, let's say, specific experts, yeah, where everyone is an expert in his, uh, let's say, uh, role, yeah, and uh, you build up more uh, buffer, yeah. So let's say, okay, you have for everyone two person, yeah. So they're working together or they 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 they're working split, yeah. So and this is then. This is the question. Is also a question. Yeah, is that then high performant? I don't know. I would say it's not high performant, but it's 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 more secure for the company. Yeah. Why? Then if someone is leaving, yeah, uh, you don't have this big hole. Yeah. That uh, in, in, let's say in the three months, find someone that can take over that. Yeah. And uh, uh, so uh, I would say a lot of small teams struggling. Yeah. Exactly with that kind of problem. Yeah. That uh, so and uh, what I've seen is in big companies, also specifically in America, yeah, these companies are going more this this way. Okay, we don't want to be so effective, but uh, we want to be secure. Yeah, we want to secure the money that investors uh, investing in that uh, product. Yeah, so then you you be part of a small uh, task. Yeah, and uh, not leading one specific uh, feature. Yeah, so that the, the feature is split split it into uh, such a part that uh, it's not so hard if someone is leaving. That's, uh, I would say, that's what you need to define at the end. What And what I realized is that maybe in the uh, mobile game industry, yeah, this is more where the direction goes into this, uh, where this high performance teams making more sense, where you have shorter development times yeah, for a AAA title where you develop for three, four years. And maybe it makes no sense to have a high performance team where if the developers are leaving the company after two years, yeah, uh, you have then then you lose a little bit this this power of high performance teams, but if you develop half a year or one year products, yeah, then it's okay. I would say to work with such individuals. Yeah, I, I think it, it it raises the question of team size and let's say specialist versus generalist. Um, at Magnific Games, at least we have, we have we used to be a really small team, yeah, so like five five to six developers maximum, and we tend to really appreciate like 
to be generalist because it kind of cover one problem, which is bottleneck somehow. As soon as you get people that can do multiple stuff, so whatever your game designer maybe is even able to do some programming, is able to to uh, implement things, but also to design them and uh, maybe even take care of your community sometimes, let's say in an indie team, let's say, or you have an artist that can do 3D, 2D, export, skinning, rigging, and, and jump on any task. Um, it definitely helps on managing any bottlenecks problem. So you don't have, you are not dependent on, oh, I have my UI artist that doesn't have work next week because there is no new UI to be made and because the guy is only doing UI. And so you all the time need to manage and then you need to either to have a second project or you enjoy in all this production management issue, which let's say also creates some overhead. Yeah, you add more people to manage people and, and you need you tend to tend to grow bigger team they may do things faster, but if you make a ratio between like how much you spent on people and, and on human resources in general and what output do you get, well, then you surely lose something. Yeah, But of course, yeah, five people cannot do something that 50 people would do um, in the same amount of time, but maybe on a ratio of, of, of um, how much you spend for that, uh, usually win with a small team. Yeah, and, and especially if you are in a phase where you want to reiterate fast, and do things like that, and and that's 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 one thing that definitely um, I raise over, over time is also like so having this generalist covers this problem. Like they they are really they are so eager on developing that game that they would jump on any task that is that is problematic that needs to be done. Whatever the position, they will not just be enclosed into a super specific position if they have the knowledge or even just I would say even the interest of learning about that to solve that issue. And there is there is no other task. It's better that they jump on that and broaden the knowledge and, and, and participate into, um, uh, into producing the game than, let's say, being isolated on, on, their, on their task. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's also one, one consideration, like team size, I would say, and, and which kind of profile you get. Uh, and, and I think that's surely why every employment uh, offer is all the time mentioning we want people that are passionate, passionate about games, passionate about making games, because this is what it takes. If you have if you're more interested into, let's say, programming than the game, you would surely not be interested in jumping on game design problem or talking about game design issue in the game or or even maybe solving art, technical art or, or art related issues. Yeah? And so that's that's uh, what I think is key. Yeah? It's really cool when you have a team that is so motivated about the product that it's giving everything it has. The goal is to the product and it's not my job, my task uh, or my, my career even. Yeah, let's say that's that that's maybe uh, an idealistic view, but that's that's where you get a team that also uh, get a common goal, a common direction, and push toward the same the same the same reach, yeah, the same goal. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll jump in there because uh, we had a very great, fantastic discussion on the first question. Uh, just conscious of time a little bit, so moving on to the next question. Uh, Ronnie, are you ready with yours? Yeah. Also. For me, one big question is really uh, uh, what level of management is is to be needed yeah, to be, uh, let's say, in the definition of a high-performing team. Why, what, what I've seen is all the time, okay, you, you all the time have the problem how you manage such a team. Do, we, do you need this management or this management? I don't know. So that's really where uh, I, I ask you guys, what, what, what do you think about that, that kind of problem? How you, how you manage such team? I would say it's, uh, well, of course, it depends on the, on the side of the team. Um, and I think in that case, it's, it's about not, not blocking the team, it's what he's doing, right? Yeah? But it's also like, 
keeping the focus on the right goals. And so it's it's uh, it's all the time the sweet balance, let's say, uh, of the producer, scrum master, whatever people like that's organizing the, the workload and and what people is working um, on to ma to make sure that actually people stay focused because, as we mentioned, you can also like really fast digress from from your main task to go on automation and solving other problems that uh, you you may all the time need to have someone else not to tell you to do it or not to do it, but actually to question you on. Okay, is it actually the best just to redo that? And it can be actually you as a colleague, yeah. If everybody doesn't need to be all the time, I think the producer. Um, but at best, you want to have a team that doesn't need a lot of management because the least you have management, the more it's actually, or the least it requires management, means that actually your team is able to work together and and solve their problems, know their goal, and doing their stuff, right? So, so um, let's say the best goal is to reach a, a moment where the management get as low as possible. The question is, well, how do you get there? And uh, well, this I I also like don't don't really have a, a, a clear idea there uh, because I'm also used to work in small teams in general where I never really had like big teams with with huge um, with huge huge management process or whatever. But maybe Sebastian here, you have uh, surely more ideas than that. Uh, microphone. Yeah, we can't hear you. That's. Was mit dem Stecker, würde ich sagen. Okay. Hear me? Test, test, one, two, two, one, two, one, two, test, test, noise. Test, test. No. Yeah. No. No. This is why we have a fabulous marketing team, even though I can edit some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess the 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 cable is damaged or something. Yeah, like something is something with the cable. Yeah. Uh, it means like it's here. We don't need you. No. Yeah. Oh shit! You need to move it around. I think it's on the yeah. It's there. No. Now. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How's that? Yeah. Sounds okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Sounds good to me. Oh no, we lose you again. Oh. Test, test, one, two. Yeah, yeah. It's coming and it's stopped. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's not having much luck with that at the minute. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no luck at all. How's that? I'll, get, I'll get this to edit it out. Uh, yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, trying to not, I'm trying to not touch anything anymore. Um, where were we? Um, leadership. Um, one thing I realized working in the in bigger companies is that once you approach a certain level of management, people tend to be scared. Um, they tend to be scared of many, many things and therefore often create problems for the teams, create bottlenecks um, um, to really let teams perform um, because it's um, there's a certain threshold and then you're in the land of slow no-sayers. Uh, can we do this? I'm uh, not sure, no, let's rather not. So rather not is something you hear a lot. And these people, most of the time, try to surround themselves with you know, people who, who are no threat to themselves. So that creates a level of leadership that, that doesn't drive things forward. 
And um, th then you have something that is the death of high-performance teams because then you, you, high-performance team means someone is pushing people to work their asses off until they are burned out. And that's 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 a sh very short-lived high-performance team. This is, in the end, it costs you more money than it does any good. Um, so that that's a bit my experience. So it there, it seems there's a shift in the way companies think these days. So it's all together with new work and and the like that um, that companies try to hire people who are how to say um, have more empathy towards their employees and um, tend to their needs and stuff. So it's it's. It's a different style of management and leadership, and and I think that is to, that is the right way to go if if you want to sustain, if you want to keep the company going over, let's say decades. Yeah, yeah. What 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 I, what I realized uh, as I worked, let's say, also bigger companies companies for uh, AAA games, uh, you have. I had all the time the feeling I wasted so much time in meetings yeah, where you sit there and you waste one hour every day or two, two hours every day and uh, there's not really an outcome. Yeah, well, I, I, Here's also the point yeah, about uh, the quality of these meetings, yeah, what, what level of detail you talk about, what problems you want to solve and often I have the feeling, okay, it's like a talking show. Yeah, <laughs> So you sit there, 50% is doing something else, yeah, so and the rest is listening and so and this, this is what I realize if I work in smaller teams, yeah, you don't have that so much anymore. Yeah, so, But there's also the problem in our last project, yeah, we had then this problem that we were so Everyone had his his tasks, yeah, and uh, you never co you communicated once per week at the end, yeah. That's also not really cool, yeah. Why at the end you lose this contact of uh, uh, working as a team together. That's uh, uh, that's why I'm all the time struggling currently, yeah. What is the right level of management so that you have someone that is organizing some, let's say, minimum, yeah, that you have. Uh, weekly uh, one meeting where you sit there and you talk about uh, topics, yeah, uh, maybe not production topics, but other topics, yeah. So why at the end, if if everything is fine from the development, so everything is clear, you have nothing to communicate. So that's at the end good, but for the team at the end over over a long time it's bad. Why uh, you lose this connectivity of the people, and especially if you work remote, yeah, then it's much more harder. Yeah, so then so that's uh, why I think it's also not good. Yeah, that's why I, I would be interested to yeah to hear more about what the right levels. Yeah, uh, I can I can just give you an example. I was I was lucky enough to you know hire my own team, and we started right before the pandemic hit. So the other half of the team was recruited during the pandemic in lockdown. So full everything was full remote. That was something Ubisoft did very well. Like day one, we went into home office, got all the supplies and stuff, and it worked really well. And um, But then you had the problem like from a five-day in-the-office week, to like full remote and um so we tried to find the good way of exactly managing or dealing with having no physical physical contact at all in the office anymore but you know not 
overdoing it with meetings. And then we just sat together and said, I, okay, I want everybody's opinion on what do we really need in terms of meetings. And then we just went along, we, we skipped dailies because I asked everybody, do you want dailies? Do you want to sit every day for 15 minutes and just say, do you have anything to say? Uh, no, actually not. Any, anyone? Uh, no, really. I'd like to go back to work because it was, it was for some people it's, it's 15 minutes. It's a disturbance. If you put it at 1030, like people start at, I don't know, nine, seven, eight. And um, if you really want to finish a task and then you work for one hour and they have like just 15 minutes meeting, you're out and it takes you like half an hour to get back in and you mm. go for a coffee. You could do this, I don't know, hang the clothes or whatever. And, same in the, in the office and you go for coffee, you sit in the kitchen, you talk to people and it, it's just, you lose one hour. And for some people it was really efficient not to have that. And then we just decided, okay, what meetings are really necessary. So we did like a weekly meeting at the beginning of the week. We did half an hour at the end of the week or one hour and just talk about whatever. And um, in between it was, um, I said I was I'm, I'm basically very approachable if I'm not in meetings. So we we had these very short um, ad hoc meetings, just five minutes. If something needs needed to be discussed, we did it in five minutes. It, it was very efficient, and um, so the full remote situation actually helped us a lot. I have to say, okay, it helped immensely mm. with the efficiency. And it did something else, and uh, I was I was really happy about that because that that um, um, plays into the creating a high performance team. We had more time to talk about talk about personal stuff because we were remote. We could call each other, and just for 10, 15 minutes or even half an hour, talk about you know personal situation, problems, whatever, private stuff. We didn't do that as that much in the office. Even though we were together in an open office, we had, you know, the coffee room, and it 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 it's it wasn't the same level. So that was something very positive that that actually played into creating a high performance team, because less unnecessary meetings, uh, more focused meetings online, that at the same time created a level of you know togetherness mm. um, because we had these feature meetings so it was sometimes it was just about that feature brainstorming sessions online worked very well mm. and um so that so every most most of the team was really happy about the way we dealt with this situation and and man managed the, and how the team was managed then because i'm i'm absolutely i'm, I'm i hear you um unnecessary meetings that should be a thing of the past if, if if there's nothing urgent to discuss if people just repeat after each other because well um he said it but um, maybe i say too so that i said something in the meeting so that's that's waste of time for everybody <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but but would you say uh, producer or stakeholder? Uh, what I sometimes hear a little bit yeah, is that for them it's a little bit hell. Yeah, why uh, at the end they lose a little bit this. Uh, uh, yeah, so yes. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. It was like giving up control. Like yeah, exactly. If I can't walk through the office in the morning and, you know, look at all my employees, and, yeah. oh, okay, everybody's working. And um, I'd say some still have big problems with that. But um, I can assure everybody out there who's still skeptic, just give up a bit of control and it, 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 it makes teams so much more performant. Um, mm -hmm. And that for me as a manager, director, it's the same. I, 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 I stay away from micromanagement as, as, as far as I can. I hire good people because they are capable of doing the work. It's, I always come up with the, with the example of, you know, being a conductor at an orchestra. I'm not, an expert in the violin. I'm not an expert in the cello. I know how these instruments work. I know what they are capable of. And my job is just to keep them playing, you know, play together. That's that that's that's what I like to achieve. And therefore I have to give them room. Mm -hmm. And the more room I give them actually, the better they work. This mm -hmm. is my experience. I mean, it might be different for for others but we, we we had also like let's say we we have similar experience at magnific games because um we have been all the time as i said a small team but also full remote team from the get-go so uh even if we if we were all in berlin um we were anyway working remote and talking to each other also like in direct just starting google meet and jumping in there and and, and having a talk and and just on one-on-one -on -one or on two on whatever so we are like let's say the standard messagery like uh, messaging system like slack or whatever where people say hey nah, uh, i would like to talk about that people are there people are not there people join in five minutes okay okay then we just like really get organized on the flow and so we never really had the need for restructured appointment or meeting um, especially with a small team and small size but of course sometimes yes you need because you need to agree on okay now nah, on that day, everybody is there, so we are sure everybody is there. So you can talk about uh, maybe company level things or or like widely product related things. One thing we did that I think was super interesting and for me was really like um, the first time I experienced that is uh, we used to get uh, one time per week a gameplay session, and we were lucky, let's say, to develop uh, uh, multiplayer games that make it super exciting working together because you just like play the game you are currently developing on with your colleague, testing it, having fun together, and then all ideas are emerging there. You detect, you get you get your QA team at the same time, at the same time you have fun, at the same time you get a lot of ideas about game design and possibilities, and uh, and of course the people that are also saying that are the guys that are going to implement it, so it's not like, okay, I have a great idea, let's do crazy stuff. You all the time maybe see the problem or the risk, but it was a, a really cool vibes for the team and going on and going on and and that way we, we we kept going like that for for actually many years yeah and so um i would say that's that's definitely that's an advantage of having a multiplayer game uh if you don't have a multiplayer game maybe you are able to reproduce that to some degree um but yeah that's that that was a uh, super and we actually tried to get an office at some point we have been there but i realized also at some point, you also start to lose some uh, some efficiency because you sit next to the other guy and you get into a talk and a talk on a daily basis. And sometimes you end up like talking for one hour or two hours about a topic which is not your current release or your current feature, but something that you may would like to see in the game in six months or maybe never. And 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 well, and then you say, well, we just talked to just two, two two hours maybe for nothing there. And and 
that's about finding the right balance. And I think the, the, the working remote maybe helped there to limit actually this, let's say, this digression on, on, on talking about things that aren't relevant. But having this fixed appointment of, okay, let's get together, and now it's mostly about playing the game and not about like having a formal meeting, um, also help on the other side to get a much more relaxed approach and and, 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 and a fun time. So, yeah, that's the that's the difficult thing there. That, that was a really good experience. But what would be then the right responsibilities for? Would you say then, okay, uh, uh, I. I, I give more trust, yeah, and more responsibilities for everyone, so that at the at the end the team manages a little bit more, so that everyone has a point of view, yeah, that that the team manages himself. So that's uh, at the end also something could be interesting, yeah, to think about that. That uh, uh, if you give more responsibilities, and it's a let's say vogue, yeah, that everyone is talking about, okay, yeah, creating companies where they managing himself, yeah, so you have flat. Flat hierarchy, so no, 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 no boss, something like that, yeah. And they organize their own salary. So, let's say you give as stakeholder this money, and then the team manage himself uh, how they pay the salary, yeah. So that uh, then they can organize themselves. So you need to be really transparent. What would you say about that? <laughs> so, um, it, it, that really depends, I think, on the product you're creating. Um, but uh, if you want to hear my Two cents. I think it's always a good idea to put more trust in your employees, especially if if it's people you hired yourself. Um, I, I I do I try to um, I try to trust my gut feeling a lot because it, <laughs> most of the time it doesn't wrong me. Uh, on the opposite, it's the opposite. Once I get into like overthinking stuff, I I run the risk to make a bad decision. Um, so all the people I hired and I put a lot of trust in them, I gave them a lot of freedom and responsibility and it just pays, it just pays out. It, I think that's, that's and, and I think it was Steve Jobs once who said, okay, this, the SRI, the single responsible individual, because if you send an email to two people, like, Okay, please take care of that. Then it, you know, it. <laughs> no mm. one will because everyone thinks the other person is is responsible for that. So the more trust and responsibility you put in in in, in as talented and good people, um, the more you get out of them. Mm. I think it's very. This is easy, but it's hard for some old timers, uh, and and also young young lead 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 uh, leaders and directors uh, because it's 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 difficult to give up control it's it's difficult it's it's you, it's it's you're scared and then it's it falls back on you and then, well, why did you allow that and say, eh, because i thought it was a good idea well there you go uh, it wasn't uh, because but in, in my view my experience it works it works if you hire the right people and this is then hiring is of course different it, it, it it's a big part of creating high performance yeah. teams i think hiring processes um and um having having people having people there in the specific you know departments who have a good judgment of people And of but course, it's yeah. a surprise bag, but um, in the end, I think, yeah. But that sounds like then for me, okay, that uh, 
sounds all that the people are the important thing. So that means you need, uh, so if, if you say you build a team, high performance team over time, so it means you need to guarantee that the, the cycle of the developers they are working in this company is extremely long. So it means you need to create an environment where people don't want to leave, yeah, either about a salary or whatever. Yeah, I want to grow up with my in my position or to, to earn more, yeah, where at the end this is one big point where companies <laughs> Hiring other people from other companies, yeah, where they say, okay, I pay you 20% more, yeah, so and it fight a yeah. little bit against that, no? Yeah, I can, I think I can, I'm, I'm allowed to give, to speak about the feedback from my team. In the end, I think no one, no one stays for the money. Of course, it has to be a competitive salary in some, to some degree. Um, the Sometimes even the the project is of course it's important to, to many people, but the the majority rather stay on a project that is okay. But uh, when the team is when when the team is really like well put together and and it's a good atmosphere, it's a it's it's a it's a safe zone. It's it's people having fun working together and that. That is a stronger motivator than money, or maybe even the project itself. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think definitely. I think at least for me, but I think for many people in general, it's key to have like an environment that allows you to give your full potential. And somehow, as soon as you feel like, oh, I could do better with another team or with other people, or if this manager was management was not like that, or if people would let me allow to do this or that then that's where, of course, you will start to question yourself because in the end, we really love what we do and we want, to, I think, naturally to give the best. And when we have the feeling it's blocked because uh, we, we don't have this potential being unlocked. And I think maybe the manager role is definitely that, as you mentioned, like like uh, an, 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 in an orchestra, right? It's like uh, unlocking the potential of all your members to get the best out of them. And it's finding the right recipe maybe for each people because it's maybe different, surely, and that's, that's uh, maybe a challenge. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think the, 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 at least for me, and I think for many, many people, it's, it's about like having the room for, for using your potential in a team. Yeah. I also would totally agree that I would say that the, the, the you need the right leader. Yeah. That the team has the feeling that they grow together to the next level. So what I, what I learned in the past yeah, is let's say, uh, if I work with younger people together, yeah, well, I'm a little bit older. <laughs> so then uh, uh, I may be not a, the fastest coder, yeah, why well, I'm too old, I'm uh, have too many uh, structurings in the head, yeah, and think too much in the in the in the, in the future, yeah. Uh, so that, so uh, but what I can give is this uh, security of okay, this is the right way to go, yeah. This is uh, so, and you can really bounce that together that then they can grow at the same level of let's say experience yeah and i can also learn from them why at the end they come with new spirit yeah they, they investigate in their private time about new languages uh, styles whatever so and then oh that sounds interesting yeah that's cool so as what i mean is it seems to be that the leadership is really also important that uh, you have someone that is grouping all people together yeah, and build the right environment with all the leaders together. Yeah, that this is that everyone feels part of the the company, 
and something like okay, we we, we grow up, we yeah, we learn all together. We so yeah, I, I want to learn this, 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 this. I don't want to be stopped. Yeah, I, I, so that's that's something I would also say. I totally agree. Yep. Probably have to jump in there, guys. We're uh, pretty close to the hour mark of the podcast now. And Sebastian, we've got to get to your question. Uh, so, do you want to oh. jump in with yours? Okay. Yeah. Last question. My question um, is: there a common understanding of high-performance teams over idealized? It's a bit of a devil's advocate question, and um, I can shortly explain what I mean by that because I think the origin of the term high performance can have a little bit of a negative connotation to it. So it has this kind of connotation with pressure and, you know, burnout and and that kind of thing. So I think we should discuss what high performance actually means. We did that, I think, to some degree. But um, to me, a high performance team is not, is not like you know the the old picture. There's five days in the office, eight to whatever twelve hours um, sitting behind your desk working, just being focused. This is hype. This is a hype. I don't know. I don't know how to call that. It's 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 cruel. Maybe it's uh, it's uh, that sounds pretty cool. And I I as I explained before, I made the I made the experience that um, the more we bring back fun into our work and into the teams by allowing people to actually really do what you know they are hired for and um, you know clear the way for them this is my this is my understanding as a manager as well I'm, I'm, I'm there to protect them so they can really do their work and um, for that everybody is most of the time grateful and then they they perform automatically so that's kind of my my understanding of it and it has also to do a lot with how to create an atmosphere within a company for these people because you have we're always talking about diverse teams diversity if you ask me doesn't simply mean we hire people from different cultural backgrounds so they have different skin colors or different sex it's it's also about you know individualism and if you hire individuals these people might have individual needs and i'm always trying to keep an eye and my wish even for bigger companies i know it's it's easier for smaller companies than for you know huge majors like ubisoft or um to tend to their needs because some people like to go to the office they are expats they have no social contact when they move to like a city in Minds and they don't speak the language and stuff. So it's very important for them to have some, maybe some kind of base to meet people. But others, they, they are happy to stay at home. They, they do brilliant work there, and I don't care if they do it in their pajamas or not. I don't, I don't really, I don't care, as long as they are happy and motivated wherever they are, um, and you know. That's this is something this is something I'd like to make happen to make possible within my role as a director. So that's that's why I sometimes think maybe the we over idealize this high performance because it's um, I am not sure. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's 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 come back somehow to. I mean, when I look at our discussion, I think we talk about performance, then to efficiency, then sometimes to about like estimation and planning and so on. And I think yeah, and and in the end to come back to why people stay in a company. So maybe being an efficient team is actually being a team where people like are happy to be and to work and to maintain this stream of flow of people like, oh, I want to get to the next level. I want to keep working on that. I want to keep doing that, whatever it is. And as you mentioned, it's maybe not about sitting at eight in the office and at that time, because how many of us got the great idea for development when we are having a shower or walking the dog? Yeah, everybody had that. And we all know that's the truth because when we are out of the office, when the computer shut down, our brain is still running and we are still working. And this is out of the time hours of the office. And this is maybe the time when we are getting the most creative idea that would help us on the next day to sit down at eight and motivated actually to 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 set to sit down at eight to get that stuff done because now we know how we're going to do it. And I think we all had this experience. And 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 this is definitely something that um, is acting, I think, shifting in the industry. And I've been shifting already, I think, some quite a time ago for all the engineers and maybe more in America, North America regions where they are much more flexible on that. And they maybe for this high, let's say on the engineers role and whatever, they have much more freedom on going and they are not like so structured into into roles. And I think it's definitely moving with the industry surely after 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 the pandemic, after the pandemic. And and and, and this is this is great. And and definitely I think like on this um overorganization, yeah, it's also why it's maybe hard to measure. And uh, maybe you measure it in the end with your happiness of your team, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I also think, like a good example, if if we are talking about diverse teams, and if you want diversity, which is kind of the one of the number, then maybe the number one buzzword at the moment when it comes to HR and hiring and stuff, and creating teams, you can't have a diverse team if you force people to go to the office five days a week because then you have people who like to go to the office five days a week because in the hiring process you would you rather stay at home or go to the office uh, give me an honest answer and if they are really honest and they say i'd like to go to the office then you have office people okay but i think it's just an example i think you need the you know the other group as well people who don't like to go to the office and that's that's but it's, it doesn't just concern the office. It's 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 taking care of people's needs and where where to perform best to create high performance teams in the end. And therefore, I think this hybrid thing and the the most flexible way. Who wants to go to your office? Go to the office. If you want to stay at home, stay at home. Is something so important, and it bothers me that it needed a bloody pandemic that people <laughs> understand that is it's you know if you want to have diverse teams, you have individual minds, and they if if you p- push them into like uh, if if you make them all equal, um, it you lose. Yep. 
Uh, that was exactly the reason why, uh, uh, as we founded the company, yeah, I, also, and I left, uh, let's say, Big Point, yeah, uh, uh, where I had all the time to go to the office, yeah, and you stay really long. It was also cool times. So you had your your team, yeah. You check after that uh, after you leaving, okay, then you go drinking, yeah. So it's it's also a little bit party. But what what I realized at the end, yeah, what and what I also wanted to show is, the, uh, as I left this company and built up an own company, was to show that for seven years. Yeah, that you can fully work remote. Yeah, no one believed that. Why everyone had in my mind, okay, if you uh, they're playing at home, so then they're drinking beer or whatever, so, so playing in the garden, <laughs> so no one is working. So that was at the end, yeah, the, the old times. Everyone, that's the, and what the, the pandemic, yeah, what it showed off that, yeah, that's not true. At the end, yeah, if you, uh, uh, I really like it to to work in my timing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have some. Sometimes you have then the states. Yeah. Where you need to, uh, to sit together. Yeah. But at the end, the rest I can organize myself. And that's uh, a lot of people like to work at that uh, in, in that uh, uh, style. Yeah. But what I also realized, there are people they have not the right environment at home. So yeah. Let's say if you have kids and something like that. So that makes it really hard to have a silent environment where you work like in, in that way that they are likely work more in an office yeah so they don't want to stay at home or they cannot cut they cannot make a cut so that's that's why i think this hybrid is exactly the right way to go i would say yeah 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 i think so too yeah, yeah. okay yeah Oops, yeah no i was just uh, going coming back to the over idealization yeah. of high performance teams it's it's of course, we do want people who perform at a very high level, and we need that as companies. And um, but it should be should be something that you know um, comes from their hearts and not from things we um, we not from methods or anything we we force them into. And um, this is why I think these high performance teams sometimes the understanding is a bit wrong because it comes from the like 19th century yeah. industrialization period of time and 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 um, today it needs it needs so much more for a leader and for management and leadership to organize teams and um, a lot of us have still a lot to learn how to do that and I, I i hope and i or i hope even people in companies who are very reluctant to you know adapt to the new ways they can maybe hopefully either they leave by themselves or are removed but it, it would do everybody just good to adapt to the new ways yeah maybe I, I think uh, I'm just like listening to you just was questioning myself. Yeah. How many of my colleague and all colleague I knew that I would, I would say they were like underperforming because of not being motivated and actually staying in a team. I cannot find one. I think naturally when, when you don't fit there, when you don't feel like my potential is not used in this company where I have nothing more to learn here. Uh, I'm not having fun going to the work. You quit. You naturally quit. You go somewhere else. You find something. Else. Oh, you even changed your career plan or whatever. Yeah, like, uh, and and it's it's definitely come come from that, right? It's it's 
it's it should be organic and natural basically for your team to to settle there yeah and so creating the environment maybe adapting the workflow setting like it's about i think the, the mission about the leads here it's definitely like setting this environment that everybody can use this potential and and they will naturally be there and fit in there or they will naturally form this environment basically maybe it's yeah. giving the freedom and 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 providing what they need basically uh, as you mentioned so that's 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 it yeah 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 but if you're one of these managers or leaders who have all the answers who are heavily into micromanagement and that kind of stuff, if you don't tolerate any other talent around you. Um, I mean, these are still out there and this it's, it's not, it's not a small number. And um, so, yeah. Um, and also like, for example, if people should be aware that office can be a good, place for people because there's human interaction taking place but it can also be a very very like disturbing place for people like if if you're hyper sensitive to sound um if maybe if you if if you suffer from depression or whatever and um you're just not very comfortable being around people but you're very highly talented i don't know um level artist or or artist or programmer and um so in the past, it was very hard to find a company or, you know, a home for if if you're not open office five days a week, eight hours a day. Because what actually what happened when we had still this open office with all people in, it was people were coming in, people were putting on their noise cancelling headphones and trying to do some work. And most of the time they had a hard time to do that because there was always a meeting going on. People were shouting, people were talking to each other, people were discussing things. So people were trying to find um, a quiet spot. Meeting rooms were blocked all the time. So this is something I hear from so many companies. And um, so if you don't like this and you say, I'm going to quit, it was it was almost impossible to find an alternative, right? Mm -hmm. Because everybody did that. Everybody did five days a week, basically eight hours a day, ten hours a day, whatever. And um, an open office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which exactly. is for me the nightmare, yeah, definitely. Uh, totally, totally. I mean, I mean, you so learn to survive in, the, in such environment. Yeah, I also, everyone knows, okay, if I sit here with this headphones on, yeah, so I hear no music. It was only that everyone knows, okay. Don't disturb me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to in my I I am in my yeah. space, so I don't want to be disturbed. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that, that's totally true. Yeah. So that's but yeah, it's I would say that that's changing over the time. But what I would say to uh, this over idealized, yeah, it, it comes maybe also why uh, the, uh, everyone has a different kind of opinion about high performance. Why if I talk with artists, yeah, uh, 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 in, in these outsourcing companies, yeah, they, where they measure every minute, they measure the how many clicks, uh, mouse clicks they're doing. So that's in their terminology is this uh, uh, high performance, yeah, uh, really ugly. I would. Say yeah, where it's uh, it's like yeah, it's about productivity then. It's, yeah. it's, it's really about, about productivity, stress. So you have no, if you want to go to toilet, yeah. So it's it's, it's, it's everything is measured, yeah. That can be really hell, yeah. If if you work in such environment, and this is where I would say in this, then this is a brand, yeah, where this high performance is like sounds like ugly, yeah. So no one yeah. wants to work in such environment. 
but uh, what we're talking yeah, is a, a high performance in a different kind of, uh, yeah, that's that's something, okay, it doesn't need to be uh, everyone is working and no, we have no plans anymore. Yeah? So uh, you, you work as, as you want. So I think that's the right uh, challenge what we currently are achieving is to find the right balance between organization so that everyone has the right way to know what is what is currently necessary to do yeah but the rest is freedom so how you achieved it when you achieved it yeah at the end it's necessary that you achieve the goal and how you achieve it it's not so important anymore that's yeah. uh, why i think this over idealized comes exactly from that yeah that uh, this is a pressure yeah so you work every weekend yeah so in american companies is really normal we had a big point yeah that american producers coming yeah and then they say okay the good times for for, for over yeah uh, uh, the next three months we will work every weekend so yeah okay fuck so the whole team oh <laughs> so yeah and you have seen that the people then quit the project yeah why they don't want to work in such an environment yeah. Yeah. that's what i think like trying to to measure basically this this performance out of productivity would definitely lead to wrong problem and i think it needs to go to a higher level which is maybe more at the product level and saying, okay, how, how, what is the quality? How much iteration do you need? And, and maybe not how much iteration, but what quality did bring in iteration? And, and, and are the team really like basically flowing on, on building this iteration? And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's not too much on how much time did you spend to get the product done? Because you could argue that the product is never done, especially if it's a live game. And, uh, and 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 it's it's more about like what what at, at which pace do you cycle things and how how things flow in that stuff because it's not much how much content you put in your next release how everything runs smoothly yeah so basically I think the le the the less you need management the less you need to step into and control it's actually because your team is performing right it's 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 naturally come yeah it's it's the more you have to be there all the time there is a problem so maybe try to figure out. What can, how can you solve this problem and automatically you will race toward this performance mm. of, of flowing. What are the hindrances to your team yeah? and get rid of them step by step. Exactly. I, I always say like if, if I make myself redundant, I'm doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would say with, 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 with the right tools, you can achieve it really so at some level you can achieve it. Yeah? So that uh, um, our philosophy is currently yeah, really everyone can do everything with one click, yeah, so that you have tools where uh, you don't need to type in too much stuff. So uh, so everyone can click it, yeah. So it's it's safe. You care about okay uh, security, so that uh, not so much input, yeah. So that so that it costs a little bit more time, but at the end, over the time, I would say it's 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 why often is there also you have the cycles where you have the stress, yeah, where you're under stress, and if you if you under stress, everyone makes mistakes. Also, the guy that developed that, yeah. So then, so and that's why I would say, from the, the it's really something like a, a vision, yeah, in the company to spend there a little bit more time, yeah, to care about that stuff, and that solves at the end this problem of uh, uh, wasting time and problems, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, it's it's to, to just bounce on that. I think it's about maybe asking yourself, how can I provide a service to my colleague so yeah. it makes his life easier. And, and it, it's go from all people to all department. Of course, from coder, it's a bit easier because it's about building a tool or setting up stuff. But game designer, I'm really connected to that also, right? They have to build some so many spreadsheets and stuff like that. And maybe, well, it's about like one tool more that we want click things are there, or the artist can go there and find the data that he's looking for. And so also like reducing the need for communication 
to, to some level, at least for the, the communication that have to do with like just daily tasks or whatever. Yes, as soon as you see that, it's also the responsibility of each of us. Yeah, it's not about the management having I mean, to say, hey, here there is a problem. It's maybe everybody actually look at this daily task and say, hey, maybe here we can improve that, right? And and exactly. or maybe I can improve it for my colleague here. Yeah, and and that's the that's how it goes. Okay. Uh, perfect. Thank you that, for that, guys. We have run over slightly, so I think it's a good time for me to jump in because uh, I think you guys could keep on going as long as I'd like you, to be honest. Uh, but that's been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank my guests, Sebastian, Joanne and Ronnie, for providing your insights onto the topic. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you would like to get involved in the upcoming podcast, reach out to me on LinkedIn or by email at jordan.lounds at evolution-nordics.com. And I will see you all next time.